Hi, and thank you for joining Dating While Black's radio podcast. Dating While Black was created to open real dialogue between the sexes in hopes that it will foster positive exchange and help cultivate our communities. The radio segments will address issues that relates to the world, our communities, relationships, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this segment. In this episode and the following couple of episodes, I'll be covering stalking. But this one in particular really and truly hit home. It is the developing story of a Washington couple, a couple that resides in the state of Washington that was ambushed, or I would say killed, by one of their audience members. So if you want to hear about it, stay tuned. Just a few days ago, a Washington state couple was killed in their home by an intruder. And the intruder was someone who they kind of know, kind of known, I would say kind of. Um, The couple, or I would say the wife, had a podcast. And the podcast wasn't racy. It wasn't anything that would, what people may consider to be inappropriate. She had a podcast working on uh, providing services and helping people. One of her listeners reached out to her and she responded to this person just as she probably would with any of her uh, audience members. And this person became obsessed with her to the extent to where she reported to police receiving over a hundred messages a day. It got so bad to where the the stalker before she went to police had reached out to friends, family members, and even obtained her husband's phone number in which he was receiving messages just as she was, as well as her friends and family. She went ahead and did everything that she was supposed to do, or as we would consider, you know, you, a person should do in this type of incident. Um, But unfortunately, unfortunately, it did not stop what actually ended up unveiling. According to one of the officers, and I'll quote, apparently he, being the intruder, got to know her because of a podcast that she was doing. So they struck up a kind of friendship. But then he began just to send a lot of messages to the point that she decided to disengage. Now I'm reading this portion, this portion, let me give credit to NBC News um, in their most recent publication of this story or article. They said the woman first contacted the Redmond Police Department in December and followed up in January because the suspect actions anticipated intensified. <laughs> At one point, according to the article, Lowe said that she reported, Lowe is, I guess, an officer, that she reported more than 100 contacts from the man in a single day. Now, you know how we are. If you text us too much in a, sh- in a short period of time, two or three texts, it's a problem, right? But can you imagine 100 in a day? That equates to what? With 24 hours in a day, five an hour. Um, 
He appeared in person to her home with flowers. He sent gifts, email, and other items. But can you imagine your stalker showing up at your home to deliver flowers to you personally? Now you may say, well, what did what did this couple do to make sure outside of reaching out to the police? Well, they did a couple of things. They reached out to the police, of course, um, so that it was documented. They wanted to get a um, temporary restraining order, which was part of the process, which was granted. They also installed security cameras. So they did everything that they possibly could in order to ward off this person. On March 3rd, 2023, according to this article, a judge granted a temporary restraining, a temporary protection order against the man and set a hearing for a full order according to the records. The thing was they weren't able to locate this guy. Come to find out he was a truck driver from Texas. See, at this point, they didn't know where this guy was. I mean, if you're traveling like this, you could be literally anywhere. And on to, on to the tragedy. Um, the guy broke into the home. Uh, and Redmond is about 15 miles uh, north of Seattle. So for those of you who may be aware of that area, it's 15 miles north of Seattle, Washington. He broke in through a bedroom window around two o'clock in the morning. Now, also in the home, out in the, other than the couple, was the mother of of the of the wife. The mother managed to escape. She escaped the house and ran to a neighbor's home and called nine one one. And when the officers arrived, they found three deceased. They found the woman's husband, age 35, with a gunshot wound to his chest. They then, they attempted to perform CPR on him, but he, he, he did not make it. His wife, 33-year-old woman, found inside the residence next to the shooter. The shooter died from a a um, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Now it has not, the victims have not been officially identified, so I, I don't have their names, but they did release the name of the shooter or the believed shooter. His name was Raymond or Ramen, and I cannot pronounce the last name, but if you Google, um, you know, wife and husband killed in Washington by Texas man or anything like that, um, you'll, you'll get the full article. And this is to say, you never really know. You never really know how mentally unstable people are. What this article does not state is the other thing that he did. In addition to stalking her, at least since December of 2022, at least since then, he would make demands of her that she basically make her Instagram and Facebook page public so that he can see what she posts. Or 
you demand it if she didn't make it public that she deletes it completely this man was delusional clearly unstable and he threatened violence which he actually actually did leaving behind not only mourning uh, family members and friends of the couple but also he himself was previously married so he leaves behind an ex-wife which okay but he also leaves behind a seven-year-old child it's very important to understand we don't know who we're dealing with who's out there it doesn't appear that this situation was a romantic type of relationship that was going on between the um the wife who have who's a podcaster and this man but it also speaks to how weak our stalking laws are i don't know that if they would have even been able to you know serve the man and let him know that he needed to surrender his 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 weapons and all this type of stuff because he never made it to the hearing even if he was aware of the order and appeared in court a lot of times this doesn't stop these people at all a lot of times it doesn't they continue to do what they do which is to stalk their victims there is a current documentary on netflix that's titled i am a stalker and it actually interviews convicted stalkers as well as their survivors and explain their accounts of abuse and other crimes related to stalking. It's pretty interesting if you want to check it out. I might review a couple in the future. But again, this story is very, very tragic. These victims did not deserve it. And not saying that anyone else does, but they did everything that they tried and they could do to protect themselves. And it just didn't, it didn't work. I hope that if you are a victim of stalking or know someone or happen to be one in the future, that you are aware that there are things that you can do, that you're not alone. There's a lot of support groups as well as advocacy programs that basically helps you understand your rights better and helps you to um, navigate through this type of uncomfortable situation. And with that, this is Dee. I'm out. Bye. That concludes this episode of Dating Why Black. I want to thank everyone who has supported this podcast, who sent emails to info at datingwhileblackpodcast.com, <laughs> as well as those of you who visit the sites and attend the events that we have, both the paid ones as well as the free ones. If you have any episode ideas, we're open to them. Check out the website at datingwhileblackpodcast.com. Bye.